0: This is Positive Parenting, parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brat.
1: Hello and welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brat, the founder of MrDad.com. The best parenting advice that Hillary Frank receives doesn't come from parenting gurus, but from friends and podcast listeners who use their creativity to flee moments of desperation. In Hillary's new book, one mother threatens to sing in public anytime her daughters argue. Another discovers that the best way to put her kids to sleep is to bark like a dog while she's out driving. In this part of today's show, we're going to be talking with Hillary Frank about her collection of unusual techniques that parents use in stressful situations to calm their children and themselves. These weird parenting wins work for parents with children of all ages. From using the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song to lull a colicky infant, to convincing her kids that Toys R Us is a membership-only club, parents in Hillary's book are as ingenious as they are eccentric. They use their tricks to foster fun, inspire their kids to diversify their appetites, stop sibling rivalry, cultivate independence, develop manners, and even talk to their parents. Moms and dads are masters of finding imaginative ways to salvage time, money, and their sanity. So sit back and get ready for some relatable, sometimes hysterical victories that will inspire you to stop searching for perfection and just embrace your humanity. And it all starts right after this.
0: More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brant, after this. From the Mr.Tad.com radio network. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it.
1: Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live.
0: Learn more at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
1: Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armand Braun. My guest for this part of today's show is Hilary Frank, who's the author of Weird Parenting Wins, Bathtub Dining, Family Screams, and Other Hacks from the Parenting Trenches. Hilary, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So tell us where these parenting hacks came from.
2: Yeah, so I have a podcast called The Longest Shortest Time, and I became a mom in 2010. And when I um, first became a parent, I read a lot of books about how to soothe the baby and how to nurse the baby and how to get her to stop crying. And some of those tips worked for me, but often they didn't. And when they didn't, I felt like a failure, and I felt like there must be something wrong with me or with my kid. And then after I'd been a parent for a couple of years, I realized that things that worked for me were not things I had read in books. They were things that I made up um, in moments of desperation. And so I asked the Longest Shortest Time audience if they had things like this, that they had just made up that worked for them um, as parenting strategies. And the things that came in were so hilarious. You know, they they were things like the dad who pig snorted in his baby's ear to get her to stop crying. And um, I I started thinking, you know, we could really keep collecting these and make them into a book.
1: And lo and behold, here it is. Here it is. So for those who haven't listened to the podcast, uh, The Longest Shortest Time refers to what?
2: It refers to, you know, the the um the thing in parenting where you feel like it's never gonna end and this is your new forever, but then inevitably um every stage feels like a blip.
1: Yeah, that you wish you could go back and extend.
2: Exactly. Some of it. <laughs> so you're
1: right, it's so not the not all the diaper changing part, but yeah. Most most of the other things. Yeah. So let's let's start at the in, in the beginning. I guess I don't want to have you go through every single one of these, but tell us about some mm-hmm. of the the ways to soothe screaming children. So there's the pig snorting in the ear. What yeah. was what was another fave?
2: So um, I love the one with the parents who take turns charging their electric toothbrushes as like an alternative to white noise. They. Um, they use the buzzing toothbrush almost like a, <laughs> a like a conductor's baton <laughs> to get the baby to sleep. Um,
1: and what what age baby is that supposed to be working for?
2: You know, for a little baby. Okay. For for like you know, like three months old. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. If, <laughs> if it
1: works, all right.
2: So. Yeah, um, people find all kinds of white noise alternatives. There was actually even one mom who like turns on white noise on her radio like gets between stations in order to get the white noise in the car um and then there's the mom who dog barks to get her kid to stop crying and some of these are like you know they work so well that you almost regret that you tried them in the first place because now this mom has to dog bark in the car like for entire car rides to get her kids <laughs> to stop crying <laughs>
1: so what do, what do these people say to you when they're submitting something like this? Hey, here's a cool idea, or what well, how does so, how does the know, conversation go?
2: Right, so it started out as a blog post where people were just um, submitting comments on this blog post and then um, once I knew I was actually making a book, I made a formal submission form on the long shortest time website so and I um, Divided it up into categories, so like how to soothe a screaming child, um, eating, potty training, communication with older kids, and then people could submit specifically under those categories.
1: Ah, okay. And so there's there's twelve chapters, but I, are there more more categories than that?
2: Um, no, there were there were the categories that are in the book.
1: Ah, okay. And if. Is it still open? Are you working on volume two?
2: Not currently, um, but I'm still taking. People have been submitting them to me through our newsletter, um, and I've been sending out um, exclusive, uh, exclusive new weird parenting wins through the newsletter. Hmm.
1: Okay, so so let's talk about some of the the things. I think. Well, I might guess I'm look. Every single one of these is something that parents <laughs> have probably had some problems with, hence mm-hmm. their being in the book. But how do you get kids to eat stuff when they're just, I mean, I I had a child, I'm sure but a lot of people did, who would only eat the white food group for what seemed like probably two years.
2: Yeah. Um, so one that I love is a mom whose kid had like an eagle eye for veggies mixed into his food. And so she did this thing called fancy dinner night. And what she did was she'd say, okay, it's fancy dinner night. And then she would pull out all their fancy china and crystal goblets. But most (laughs) importantly, she would turn down the lights and bring out the candles. (laughs) So the kid couldn't see the spinach mixed into his marinara.
1: (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) Very clever.
2: Um, For an older kid, there was a mom whose kid, she was a single mom, and the kid was giving her a hard time saying he would only have takeout. He didn't like her home-cooked meals. And so um, she snuck home some um, – well, first she, she, they did, some, they did uh, leftovers um, from a restaurant, and she used the takeout containers to pack her home-cooked <laughs> meals in, and he, he thought it was takeout. And then she started buying takeout containers from wholesal- wholesalers so that she could um, continue this practice.
1: So did you hear from any people who got caught by their kids?
2: Yeah. So often it doesn't happen until later. Um, and a lot of these wins for, for the younger kids are white lies. And, but, but there's less of that when the kids get older. But there's one mom who got caught. She was also a single mom, and she had three daughters. And they lived in a place where there were a lot of wolf spiders, and wolf spiders, you know, understandably really frightened the girls. And so she told them, they, they were like having trouble going to sleep, and she told them that spiders notoriously hate the smell of perfume. So she got some cheap perfume and started spraying it in, around the rooms, and the girls believed that it would keep spiders away. And when they grew up, she admitted to them that this was a lie, or I guess they, they, they said, well, why don't you use some perfume to get the spiders out of your house? And she said, oh, well, that's not true. I made that up. And they got mad at her, and she was like, come on, look. The situation is, I was a single mom. I had three girls. What was I supposed to do? And and they let her off the hook. <laughs>
1: that's pretty good. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I've had, I had a couple of those things with, with one of my kids. I can't even remember what the thing was, but somehow convincing her to try something new that she hated, and and at the end of it, it's kind of rubbing it in a little bit and saying, you know what, you just ate. And she, I remember her reaction was just, ooh, oops, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, if I would have known that, I would have screamed, but it was actually good. Yeah. All right, so the you have a, a, a large category, which is going to be open to, to all sorts of people's different interpretations, but the art of getting your kid to act like a person. Yeah. What does that even mean?
2: I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that we just take for granted as we get older that are things that people do, like they go to the bathroom in the toilet and they have hygiene. They like trim their nails and (laughs) take care of their boogers and, uh, you know, don't scream in public. Um, And so this, this sort of encompasses all of that stuff.
1: So what are what are a couple of good ones out of there?
2: Yeah. So, um, let's see, there is, uh, the, the, well, some of these come from people who are not parents. So one of them came from, um, a woman who, when she was a babysitter, um, she was, she was babysitting two potty trained boys, but they refused to use the bathroom before they left and before they left the house. And so, um, she needed them to go because inevitably one of them would like have to go in, their, in the car or once they got to the playground. And so she invented something called pea soup, which means they would all go in the same toilet. They would take turns going <laughs> in the toilet and then naming what their ingredient was for the soup. <laughs> and then they would, all, they would flush it, which would cook the soup. And so it would be like, you know, one of them added the bacon, the other added eggs, and the other added hash browns, and then they flush it, and it's soup.
1: That just sounds revolting. <laughs> the, it's the, super gross. The, the idea. It's much yeah.
2: gross.
1: Talking with Hilary Frank, who's the author of Weird Parenting Wins. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking to Hilary about more Weird Parenting Wins in different categories.
2: All right, class, let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak
1: tree. It was at least a hundred years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week
2: and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the pledge of allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood, and you tell me that I'm a
1: pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America,
0: and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry.
1: There's enough food in this country to feed everybody.
0: Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Now, get ready for more positive parenting with Armin Brott from the MrDad.com Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armand Bratt. If you're just joining us, talking with Hilary Frank, who's the author of Weird Parenting Wins, and the subtitle is Bathtub Dining, Family Screams, and Other Hacks from the Parenting Trenches. What about bathtub dining?
2: Yeah, so I love this trick. Um, a lot of kids don't like eating. I didn't like eating when I was a little kid. And so this one mom came up with a trick where she has her kids eat in the bathtub and it helps with cleanup.
1: I guess it does, unless you're, you have big chunks that, that somehow get clogged in the drain.
2: Well, I guess so. But you know, put a put a plug in there.
1: That's true. You could do that. <laughs> so that was, that was it. There was nothing more complicated than that.
2: Nothing more complicated than that.
1: Okay. So what about stranger anxiety? That's one that that uh, you talk about in the book a little bit. That's one that, uh, a frustrating one. And, you know, you don't want to just hand your kid off to somebody and run off, and and then you'll feel guilty about leaving a screaming child. So how did did this particular parent figure it out?
2: Yeah, so there was one parent who talked about um, in her kid's preschool, um, they have a technique of pushing the parents out the door. Hmm. Um, So the kids feel more in control. And the parents put on a show of being like, "No, I don't want to go," and the kids are pushing them out.
1: Hmm. I remember my my routine when I was dropping my older kids off, at least the the very oldest one at preschool, was I'd have to sit with her and draw a scene from Icarus and Daedalus. It's just this a long, elaborate scene about the the wings and the wax and all this other stuff, and and uh, at one point. The teacher told me, "You realize, of course, that you're you're just doing that for you." She doesn't <laughs> want, you know. I, I thought that she wanted it, and that's why I stayed and did it for a half an hour with her every day. But yeah, so how how many of these things do you think are are just for the kids to marvel at the lengths that we will go to amuse them?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely. I even have a, a chapter at the end about. Um, strategies, or maybe they're not strategies, but the ways that kids have manipulated us. And um, I think, you know, once your kid figures out how to manipulate you, especially once they're a grown-up, then you've truly won (laughs) because they've they've learned from you. Um, But I also think that it's important to feel entertained as a parent. And a lot of the strategies that I've come up with myself are things not only that work on my kid, but keep me entertained.
1: So give us a couple examples of those.
2: Yeah. So like when my kid wasn't eating lettuce, um, the thing I did was I remembered that there was a video, the very first SNL digital short um, is this video of Andy Samberg and Will Forte and they're sitting on a brownstone stoop and they're talking about, um, it's hard to tell exactly what they're talking about, but it seems like they're talking about a friend who died. And they're taking giant chomps out of a um, head of iceberg lettuce while they're having (laughs) this conversation, just inexplicably taking these giant chomps. And I showed it to my daughter and she was like, get me lettuce. (laughs) 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 And I got her a lettuce and she grabbed it out of the um, grocery bag and just started chomping into it, and she's eaten lettuce ever since then. Wow. But that entertained me a lot.
1: Well, you just never know what's going to work here. Yeah. So how do you – what were some of the better ones that you found from people who were trying to figure out ways to keep their kids from, from pummeling each other into the dirt? <laughs>
2: um, so one that I love is really sneaky – there's a mom who grounds her two children from playing from playing with each other which is a whole reverse psychology thing because then they want to play with each other and so they find ways of sneaking like they sneak behind her back to play together
1: <laughs> she's grounding them from playing with each other because they're fighting because
2: they were fighting exactly. Oh okay
1: okay so then so then all of a sudden that that makes them Magical,
2: Yeah. Um, And then there's a family who, when they're really at each other's throats, the mom throws their unbirthday. It's everybody's unbirthday. And they make cards for each other and they make a banner and they make a cake. And it, like, creates a sense of goodwill that wasn't there previously.
1: Did you ever do or find... Techniques for dealing with tantrums in public places?
2: Yeah. Um, There's one that I really love, which is um, the mom makes her child blow her away. So that, you know, the thing that you want to tell your kid when they're throwing a tantrum is to take a deep breath. But nobody responds well to that when they're freaking out. And so this mom tricks her kid into taking deep breaths by saying, blow me away. And the harder the kid blows, the more she pretends to fall backward. And there's another variation on that where a mom makes her fingers into candles and tells her kid to blow out the candles.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. So I guess that serves both purposes. It probably causes some amusement. Mm-hmm. All right. How about needles? That's a big one. Which yeah, is weird since needle. usually those things don't even hurt. I'm sure that the kids just are if, – if they aren't looking, they're not going to be screaming about it. So is it just getting them to look somewhere else?
2: Right. Um, so there's one mom who does a thing where she gets her daughter to work with her on writing a story about a girl who has to fight the flu dragon. And they come up with a story, and it's, it's cool because then they can um, – talk about it when they're getting the shot. And they even brought in a glittery vaccine sword and they like march into the doctor's office ready to like fight the flu, the flu vaccine together. (laughs) Wow.
1: All right. That's kind of cute. All right. So there, some of them are funny and some of them are poignant, I guess. And, and some, some of the things are, are difficult topics like Death. I mean, so you that's something that whether it's uh, the goldfish or a grandparent or or a parent, mm-hmm. God forbid. Um, how do how do people come up with ways of helping their kids through that?
2: So you know, my daughter came up with one herself that I really love, and she's had a thing where she talks about death a lot and tries to wrap her head around it. And the thing that's really worked is that. She will do a thing where she dresses up into her skeleton pajamas. You know, it's like those pajamas that look like a skeleton and they glow in the dark. Mm -hmm. And then she puts on her glowy fingers and her glow-in-the-dark fangs. And she'll go in her closet and turn on the light and get all glowy and then come out into her dark room. And then she pretends to kill me. And I do like, you know, a dramatic death throes (laughs) scene. (laughs) And we play at death, and um, she likes to do it over and over and over again. And she says, like, you know, Mommy, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And then I go, no, no, don't kill me. And it really helped with her fear of death.
1: All right, we've got time for one more, but I want to—so I I think— This is something, uh, as somebody who's been through this three times with teenage daughters, how do you get kids to talk to you?
2: You know, one of my favorites is a poignant one. There was a stepmom who had this teenage stepdaughter who did not want to talk to her. And so she bought a blank journal and left it on the girl's bed with a note to her and invited her to write back and the girl did write back to her and it started this whole like beautiful communication between them
1: hmm. yeah somebody else told me about uh, having having conversations while you're driving so yeah. that you can't that actually was a big one. can't actually look at each other and so there's no stop rolling your eyes at me young lady kind of things that that, uh, that would typically happen you can just have the conversation without the benefit of Any body language getting in the way? It's like texting, but with words.
2: Yes. I heard from a lot of parents who use the car as a way to have real conversations with their kids.
1: Hilary Frank is the creator of the podcast The Longest Shortest Time, and she's also the author of Weird Parenting Wins. Hilary, thanks for joining us. Great to have you.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brant, and it's time for a Parents at Play segment. Well, it's March, so you know what that means. The Parents at Play team headed out to New York Toy Fair last month in February to check out all the newest toys and games. Some of this year's trends are a continuation of last year's, albeit somewhat updated. For example, dinosaurs, mermaid sequins, you know, the kind that flip from one color to another, llamas, unicorns, glitter, everything narwhals, and coding games and toys are everywhere, as are toys that require or interact extensively with apps and poop. Yes, all sorts of poop in all sorts of ways. And the winner for combining trends goes to glitter poop that uses an app. Wow. Unicorns. Yes, they're still as popular as ever. However, in the spirit of inclusiveness, now anything can have a magical horn. Cat? Yes. Llama? Of course. Marshmallow? Yes. Even you, little sugar-spun bit of sweetness. If you like it, you'd better put a horn on it right now. Otherwise, someone else will. Bling. Sorry, but your world is going to get even more sparkly than it already is. There are lots of kits out there that let kids make things for themselves, like soaps and bath bombs or makeup, and now there's oh so much glitter. Well, not just glitter, an amazing variety of toys, games, and craft kits now come with bedazzler type items to add rhinestones to your hair, clothing, stuffed toy, or whatever your little heart desires. Sequins and all manner of shiny things can be applied to just about anything and sometimes taken off and reapplied over and over and over again. Foxes. What did the fox say? The poor fox is a sad reminder of viral videos gone by, but that won't stop you from seeing a fox around nearly every corner. So while you may not remember what the fox says, Parents at Play says that foxes are awesome and one will be appearing in your house in the not-too-distant future. Owls, alpacas, llamas, and narwhals. Fox also says that he's invited his best buds, owl, alpaca, llama, and narwhal, who's the closest thing we have to an actual unicorn in the real world, into the Cool Kids Club. Slime. Slime is everywhere, in everything, and yes, sometimes it's even glittery. You can thank YouTube for that. Giant plush. Super soft, extra squishy, mushy plush animals are gaining in popularity and oftentimes in size. These incredibly plush and huggable toys range in size from backpack clips to giant beanbag type chairs and everything in between. Backpack clips. Well, while we're on the topic of backpack clips, when was the last time you saw a backpack that wasn't laden down with them? Yeah, same here. They're already popular, and that trend shows no sign of slowing down. Hopefully, all those clips won't make your child's backpack so heavy that there won't be any room for books. Wands. They're everywhere. Sometimes they're sold with toys and games, sometimes they are the toy and game. They make sounds, hold glitter, shoot glitter, oh yay, and of course are very, very glittery. You'll see wands in all sorts of places, and that's even without counting the ever-popular and only getting more so Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts franchises, each with a multitude of their own wands and wand games to choose from. Wingardium Leviosa, those will be flying off shelves this year.